My name is Jenny, and I'm a wife and mom raising two kids. But I used to live a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I said goodbye to TV and hello to motherhood, I suddenly discovered what we moms are up against. We live in a world that tells us to be rich and famous, thin and successful. You know, almost nobody says, oh, hey, you're a mom? That is fabulous. But you are fabulous, and I'm here to tell you why. It's Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. And you are fabulous, and I'm here to tell you why. Uh, And I really am going to tell you why you're fabulous today here in just a second. But I want to let you know what we have coming up. We're continuing a discussion we started on Monday about how your kids might be acting. How's it going for you this Christmas season? Are you a little frustrated by your kids being demanding and wiped out by too many events and too much stuff? And you're a little tired of their spoiled attitude, perhaps? Now, I'm not saying that's happening to every parent out there. Certainly, we have our good days and bad and good years and bad ones. But uh, I'm guessing that most folks who listen to us may be struggling a little bit with their kids uh, expecting a lot and perhaps demanding a lot and suffering a little bit with a sense of entitlement and perhaps acting what we might call spoiled. Even adults act that way. I myself act that way. So no judgment, but rather, hey, we're here with some solutions. We covered some of it on Monday Monday with our two experts uh, who really help us do something called a behavior makeover. This segment's called Behavior Makeover, and we bring Ann and Linda on who are parenting experts and have written a book on the topic and done a DVD and go into homes to help people with children who are misbehaving and and turn things around in that home. So they're here to talk to us today about this ever-present right now at this time of year uh, situation where kids feel like they're entitled to, to a bunch of things and a bunch of events and so on and so forth. And we went through two things that help a child not feel entitled or act entitled or act spoiled. And we're going to get deeper into it. And one mistake that parents make when they are trying to get their child to, to not be going down this path of entitlement and being demanding and spoiled. So uh, we'll tell you the one mistake that parents make when we uh, bring Ann and Linda on. But very briefly, I just thought of this today and, and I've talked about it before, but I want to remind you of how fabulous you are by saying this. Moms are invaluable, and, and certainly so are dads, but, but this show is, is targeted first to mothers. And the reason I say they're invaluable is I sometimes think about what happens in my home. And I have a fabulous husband who provides financially very well for our family and, and allows me to stay home and, and not make a lot of money and do this show. Uh, so I just want to say that on behalf of my husband. Certainly there are families where the mom makes the greater income. But I want to say this. I look at a home and I think, you know what? Things would perish without a mother. The plants would die, the pets would die, the children would die in some cases if the mom wasn't there to to bring down fevers, to feed kids healthy dinners and healthy breakfasts, to give out vitamins, to water plants, to make sure pets, you know, water bowls are changed, all that sort of thing. Women are, are by far, I think, usually in a home, the nurturers. Now, certainly there are men that step up in this arena, 
please don't call me and tell me that I'm being sexist. But, but I think that women are just invaluable and priceless. And God created you to be the one that keeps everybody alive. And I love that about women. Just remember, if you're having a day where you just feel like what you do doesn't matter, that without you, things would be dying off in your home, including the plants and the pets. Uh, I think about how I wander around the house and make sure everything's still living and breathing. So thank you, moms. You are fabulous. Thank you for what you do to make our world operate better with more love and more grace and more nurturing, frankly. Okay, so I want to get to this. And we have a soundbite today that's also unbelievable um, from somebody who's interviewed on Oprah. And, and from what I understand, Oprah really enjoys this woman and her advice. I probably take issue with it. Uh, and you're going to be shocked by what she says we should not do to our children. And I think, I don't know, we'll see if you're shocked or maybe you'll agree with her. We're going to play her soundbite as well. But first, we want to let you know who brings us this wonderful segment, our Behavior Makeover segment with Ann and Linda. Hello, this is Amy Knapp. My husband, Dr. Phil Knapp, and I own Chatfield Eye Care. Dr. Phil has over 20 years of experience as an optometrist. We've chosen to sponsor the Behavior Makeover segment with Anne and Linda because we're committed to helping parents learn effective, godly methods for raising their children. We are also committed to the efforts of Jenny and Channel Mom. Dr. Phil and I have two boys that are 17 and 12. Parenting them has been the greatest challenge, but also the greatest blessing God has provided. At Chatfield Eye Care, we provide eye care with an eye care attitude. We do not treat people as a number, but always remember that there is a person attached to every set of eyes. We love to assist moms, dads, and kids in proactively maintaining their eye health for the very best eyesight. So call us at 303-933-0353. Now, enjoy Behavior Makeover, brought to you by Chatfield Eye Care. Yes, thanks to our friends at Chatfield Eye Care. And I am going to bring Ann and Linda in to talk about this situation with kids acting entitled, perhaps acting spoiled during this season of giving. But in many cases for our children, it's getting. Uh, wouldn't it be nice if they looked more forward to the giving? And I know there are kids that do do that. Uh, I said on Monday that we have a condition called affluenza in this country where we struggle with affluence. And, and I see it even in the middle class and sometimes lower middle classes when I'm in Target or Walmart or wherever, we just struggle with wanting stuff and wanting it now. And in the end, it doesn't fill us. And Ann and Linda talked about that on Monday. So, so Ann and Linda, welcome to Channel Mom. Thank you, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Linda. We're so glad to have you guys back. We're going to get into some very specific steps today that parents can, can take. We're going to talk um, about a particular girl and an example that you have about what her parents had to do to get over this entitlement situation. But before we delve into that, I thought we'd play the soundbite today uh, from an interview done with Oprah with Dr. and I think it's Shafali Sabari. And this is what she says you absolutely shouldn't say to your kids. And the word is No. How do you say no without crushing a child's spirit? So the reason she's saying that intuitively, rightly so, is because the no is a soul crusher. Because life is yes, life is affirming, life is always saying yes. However, we, because we're so focused and anxiety-based and so egoic and controlling, we go straight for the no. So your child says, mommy, I don't want to go to bed. And you go, no, you have to go to bed. You started a war of the egos, correct? Because she's going to fight for her life-affirming desire to stay awake. How do you shift into the yes? How do you find the yes there for this child? Yes, I know you want to stay awake. Of course you want to stay awake. 
I want to stay awake and eat candy with you. I get it. See, first you connect to the life affirmation that exists in each one of us because you know what you're going to do when she falls asleep. You're going to go get your bottle of wine and your slice of cake and you're going to affirm your life. You're going to affirm you. Yes, affirming you. And apparently I need to get in touch with my inner yes uh, for the sake of my children. Look, I appreciate her life-affirming way of speaking about things. Certainly, I want to be life-affirming. But the Bible does say, let your yes be yes and your no be no for a reason. Because no isn't a four-letter word. And it's okay to say it. And, and I don't know that she says you should never say it. But she's certainly suggesting that we might not want to say it so much to our children. And instead, find a yes. Okay, I know Miss Linda definitely has a response to this soundbite from the doctor who was interviewed by Oprah. Go ahead, Linda. Tell us what you think. Well, I was just thinking, Jenny, that I guess my soul gets crushed every time I get behind the wheel of a car because when you're driving, uh, those red lights and those stop signs are no's, and um, I seem to handle them real well. Look, we're just doing a terrible disservice if we don't teach children that there are things that they cannot do for all kinds of reasons, safety and health and, uh, and then just the way that your house runs. I, I will give her this. I think too often, particularly with young children, we get in the habit of lots of no's because they're exploring and they're doing things, you know, and or they're asking questions all the time. And I think sometimes mindlessly we just give a no when it could have been a yes. And I get her semantics game about turning the no into a yes. And, you know, you can do a little of that. Can I have a cookie? Yes, but after supper, you know. But... Even the bedtime thing she was talking about, that turns into a, no, you can't stay up all night and eat candy. Um, and I have to be my own no on the cupcakes, uh, you know, after hours when my children <laughs> were yeah. in bed. Yeah. I mean, you have to be able to say no to yourself. So if we're teaching our children, it's always yes. Oh, brother, what are we setting them up for as adults? Yeah, and by the way, let's just bring this in there. Yes isn't always good. Yes right. is not always good. And, and so, you know, can I become an alcoholic? No would be a good answer for that, you know, if it's possible. Can I run somebody over with a car? No would be a good answer for that. So, so I, I disagree with her that life always says yes. I mean, oh, wow. But I appreciate you're meeting her halfway and saying you understand the semantics and that, that if you could flip a no to a yes when it's harmless, that sometimes it's better to do that with so that, a, you know, a zero to four-year-old isn't always hearing no. I get that. So, so Anne, why don't you take what, what your mom has just said and, and talk about uh, what we do with a child who is acting entitled and acting spoiled and they're going to come up against some no's from us if we want to teach them that they can't have everything all the time whenever they want it because it's not good for them, frankly. What do we do with this, Anne? Well, you just simply go to the Word of God and you read what it says instead of listening to somebody who clearly, clearly comes from an Eastern philosophy. Yeah. This woman was, I researched her, she was born in India, she was raised with the Eastern religion, and you can hear all of this New Age type Eastern religion yep. coming out of her, and it sounds so enlightened and so good on some levels. Oh, life is a yes? Well, that sounds a whole lot better than the heart is desperately wicked above all things, which is what it says in Jeremiah 17, 9. So it, yeah. we tend to want to go that direction. Or so, the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Or the Ten Commandments. People don't, wow. people don't want to have to obey the Ten Commandments. They'd rather have a yes. You know, so yes, wow. that's a good point. Go ahead. 
Yeah, very good, Jenny. I love everything that you're saying. It's, I'm, I'm tracking with you right there. So what we want to do is weigh carefully the things that we really do want to say no to, and then when you say no, you stick with the no. You never say no, and then because the child has an adverse reaction to that no, you start to reel it back, second-guess yourself, negotiate a different outcome. Okay, I guess just this once. I hear this all the time, and I think it's easy to fall into this trap. If you're going to say no, think about it for a moment. Make sure you're ready to go to war if you need to to keep that no in place, and then stick to your guns because it is important for children to learn that no actually does mean no, and many children they don't even recognize that. For them, a no is a definite maybe. It's a definite. In fact, if I act bad enough, I can turn a no into a yes. And they, we don't even think about it, but they don't grow up understanding what no even means. And sure. that's terribly detrimental to them in the later years of growing up in adult life. It is. And I was guilty of that um, with my toddlers and uh, probably somewhat more with my daughter. Now, she wasn't a big fit thrower, but she could make me laugh. <laughs> she could make me laugh. She's a comedian and she could make me laugh whenever I was trying to issue discipline. I couldn't even spank the child because I'd start to spank her and she'd turn around with a hilarious smile on her face and say, that didn't hurt. You better turn it up a notch, mommy. And so she was three and I couldn't laugh. I'd have to, to go out of the room and say, honey, you're going to have to spank her because I can't. So I gave in and and I want to admit that to you. When we return, Anne, I want to touch on with both you and Linda, the one thing that parents do, and you just alluded to it, the giving up problem, and then also how we can incorporate two things that we touched on on Monday into a child's life to get them over the entitlement attitude and being spoiled. When we return with Channel Mom and Behavior Makeover. Channel Mom, which is right here for you moms. I want to get back to our friends Ann Wiggins and Linda Williams, who of course are the authors of Parenting from the Heights and also the How-To Parenting DVD. They produced that and put that together for you and we'll let you know at the end of the show how you can get a hold of their material because they really make a difference in parents' lives in redirecting them. They go into homes and counsel parents and help them to get their kids back on track if they're behaving poorly. Now what today we are talking about is the situation which often, often arises more during the Christmas season, I think, which is kids acting entitled and demanding and spoiled. And I see it in my own children sometimes, and and certainly I do. I'm I am not without as a parent. And Anne and Linda have a couple of approaches they want to tell you about. So, uh, how do I want to divide this up? Uh, first, Anne, why don't you tell us the situation with a girl and what she had to go through that you you have given me as an example, and then we'll touch on the points of the two things that have to occur in their life to help them get over the entitlement, and then also what parents tend to do way too quickly. So go ahead, Anne. Right. Well, I talk to a lot of different parents about a lot of different situations, and it's interesting how I've been dealing more recently with teenagers, in, in, which is great because I have a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old, so maybe this is God's way of just helping me stay the course with my own children because, as we've been saying, none of us live in a perfect home or a perfect world, and so we all go through struggles from time to time, and I do too. Yeah. Um, but this particular girl is 14 and was <laughs> really, really exhibiting 
uh, everything we've been talking about as far as entitlement, bad attitude, uh, very demanding, very unappreciative. And so the parents realized, wow, we don't have a lot of time left to get this straightened around and, and whether they missed it early on and so it really got bad or whether this girl just kind of hit a hormonal swing and lost her mind, we're not sure. But she was really not doing well. So they decided that they would... Now listen to this, not just take the cell phone, because what do we do when we take the cell phone? Well, then we give it back when we need the child to have it because it's convenient for us. They canceled her line. They canceled her so that even if they got weak, there was nothing they could really do about it because she had no phone. She had the phone. It just had no connection to it. And then they took the TVs, disconnected them, and took them into storage in their basement against the wall, not connected to anything. So they lost their own privilege of watching television. And then the only internet for the girl was closely monitored schoolwork for three months. Her life came to a screeching halt. And you can imagine that she didn't respond to this by saying, Mom and Dad, this is hard, but I know how much you love me, and I just want to thank you for (laughs) removing these privileges from my life. She was livid. She was threatening to run away from home. She was making references to, I want to die. I just want to kill myself. You know, anything that kids can say. And and I don't mean to make lights up. Sometimes you really know that the kid is serious. In this case, the parents, this was in the middle of many threats that were going on. Sure. They watched her closely, but they didn't feel that she was in imminent danger at that moment. Um, So she really had a huge meltdown and it was unhappy around the house for a long time. The girl's attitude was awful and stinky, and she was not cooperative and not respectful. But every time she would go that direction, the parents would just remind her, you know, this is an open-ended consequence, and as long as you continue to act like this, it just informs us that we did the right thing and that we need to continue to do it until you're able to um, gain some maturity. Sure. And, you know, she finally came around. I, I know I need to make this brief, but yeah. she finally started to come around. And last week, she got to watch a half hour of TV. The, that, that's it. Nothing else was reinstated, but the TV got plugged back in, and she watched a half hour, and she just said, Mom, that was so wonderful. I just enjoyed that. Thank you so much. Such an appreciation that she had never had before. I was so proud of these parents for sure. taking that stand and for going to that trouble. Sure, and they didn't do something, which you're going to touch on in a second after we go to your mom. And I want to say that that you touched on two things that your mother, Linda, touched on on Monday, which is when they did all that, that enforced them having more time with their child, more face-to-face time, and probably more listening time. And those are two things that Linda said, we can give more to our kids, time and listening, instead of stuff. And another another quick mention I want to make is, you can take away quick little things that are not as painful initially if you don't think the problem is huge yet. So your parent, your child misbehaves in an event and they want to go to a fast food place on the way home and you just say, no, we're not going to go to the fast food place on the way home because you didn't behave right. And by the way, I just made this mistake. I had a child who didn't behave well on the way home. They wanted to go to fast food and I let them. And, I, and my husband said, why would you do that? You rewarded them for their bad behavior. So that's just my quick tip. Okay, we only have six or seven minutes left. But Linda, I want you to point it go through the two things that we can do to help our kids be less entitled and and a specific with each one the, the go without and the working with people who go without can can you review those and then and then give it a specific for e- for each one of those okay jenny to just save time i'm going to try to just lump them together okay and say turn your child other centered and i just have a, a quick little idea if somebody wants to try this out um adopt an orphan or or a mission, but if you can put a face to to a person, you know, uh, adopt an orphan and then teach your kids 
how to sacrifice to raise the money to support that orphan. And when I say sacrifice, I say it rather loosely because, you know, when I think of how Christians around the world are sacrificing to worship the Lord, and I'm not talking about anything near that way, but if you go out to a restaurant, how about everybody gets water instead of Cokes and drinks? Take that money, take it home, put it in the jar. How about if you're out shopping with your child and you've now you've been working on teaching them that they are not to ask for anything uh, because that's that entitled thing, and they don't. And so you pick up a, a Hot Wheel car and you say, you know what, I really appreciate that you didn't ask me for a toy like this car. Let's see, this car costs $1.29. I'm going to give you the $1.29 to put in our orphan jar at home so that we can raise money. Um, suppose that it's just been a fabulous shopping trip, and you get home and you just call your children to you and you say, I was so pleased with the way you behaved. You know, I told you my expectations. Get our book and you can read how to do this. I told you my expectations. You just did a great job. I'm giving you each $2 for the orphan jar. You just earned two meals for our orphan. You know, don't, and, man, does that feel good. When you're doing something good for someone else, that is the height of feeling good. But you got to teach it. You, you do. And, and kids get this. Well, they do. They eventually because I would I'm thinking about my children when they're at their most spoiled and they'd be like, yeah, I'd rather have the two (laughs) dollars. So they eventually clue in. Yeah, you know, you can just say, hey, that's not the deal. That's not the deal. And then let it go. You know, and if they're going to respond that way, then it isn't working. So, you know, but. If you start this when they're younger, I think they're really going to, you know, yes. most kids are really going to do that. Not everybody. It doesn't yeah. work for yeah. everybody. And it depends on the day. My, my kids would definitely respond to that on some days. Definitely. They'd be willing to give up everything. They're, my son once gave me his whole bank to give away. He just brought it to me when he was five or six years old and said, I want you to give this to somebody because I'm feeling bad for them. So, so it certainly can work. I totally agree with you. It's fabulous advice. Okay, we only have three minutes left. And can you just tell us the one mistake that you would urge parents not to make when it comes to redirecting? their children to not be entitled yes we give up way 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 too soon especially when we institute consequences and then the child has a bad reaction to those consequences that is the time that we think if it feels bad it must be bad it feels bad to watch our child cry it feels bad to see them yell at us it feels bad for them to hate us that feels bad to us and so we just think, oh, no, what happened? This went badly. It's not going well. Now my house is unhappy. We don't have a yes life going on anymore. Yes. <laughs> I feel a lot of no coming my way. And so we tend to, okay, well, let's, you know, if you can do this for a day, then I'll, I'll let you watch TV again. I'll give your phone back. And we kind of dial it back for them because they're having some degree of a temper tantrum. And what we need to do at that moment is say, okay, sometimes it feels bad, but it is good. I need to say those words to myself often. It might feel bad, but it may still, not always, but it may be the exact thing that we need to do. And we need to hunker down and say, you can have a bad attitude if you want. You can do whatever it is that you're doing. That only informs me that I did the right thing and that I need to continue continue to do this because you don't have it yet. And that's fine because this can take as long as you need it to take. I'm here for you. I love you too much to see you derail your life. We're not going to argue about it. This is the way it is. And we'll just all be in this together. And I will tell you from experience, and I know my mom would chime in and say the very same thing, from experience, and even in the past month, from experience in my own home, 
when you stick to your guns in a loving way, not because you're trying to get back at your child, get revenge on them, abuse them, none of that, but I love you too much to watch you destroy your life, so I'm going to impose some consequences that are very difficult for you Uh, and possibly for me. Um, Uh, When you stick to your guns, they come around eventually. They just do. They do, and and I think it's almost 100%, we could say. So we have to end. We have to end. That's great advice for the Christmas season. Uh, I love it, and also for their futures. They're going to be much better workers in the world and do much better in a career if they learn those things. Anna and Linda, thank you so much. Merry Christmas. God bless you. Thanks for being with us today on Channel Mom. Thank you, Jenny. We so appreciate your advice. Fabulous advice from them. When we return, I have an announcement about Channel Mom to make. So stay tuned for a little more of Channel Mom. Welcome back to Channel Mom. I hope that our advice helped you today and you don't feel judgment, but rather encouragement about how you can make things better in your household. I want to let you know that Channel Mom has some big stuff coming up. We are growing and expanding and uh, we'll be going to new stations and perhaps a station near you in the United States. And we want to, uh, to give you a little bit more information as the week goes on. The The sad news is that we won't be with our KLVZ audience anymore, but you can find us on ChannelMom.com on our Facebook page and right here here uh, closer to the end of the week. Okay. Thank you, mom, for all that you do. I know it is difficult, but when you stick to it and you're dedicated to your children and loving them, uh, I think it always, almost always works out in the end. God bless you for working hard at being a mom. Thanks for listening to Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. Find podcasts, clips, blogs, and contact information at channelmom.com.